Hello everyone, Professor Squatch here with episode 9, I believe episode 9 of my Pokemon podcast live from the Pokemon Lab. It is good to be back. I took another week off last week because I had a lot going on. As I mentioned in my last podcast episode, I have recently co-founded a virtual card shop with some friends of mine, uh, and that card shop mainly focuses on selling Pokemon cards, and it has been hot and heavy in the last week or so. So business is good, and that has kept me busy, but now I am ready to get back to creating some more of my regular on-task content, including the podcast here. And this week is a big one, I think, because this week we are talking about... We are talking about the big trailer from last week for Pokemon Sword and Shield, which was the Expansion Pass DLC Part 2 Crown Tundra. A lot of information was given last week about this, finally, which we have been information dry since June of this year when the Isle of Armor DLC released. So finally, we got some more information about the games with the DLC 2 Crown Tundra being released. So what does that really mean for you as a player or me as a player? Well, that means we got information like the release date. So out on October 22nd, the Crown Tundra DLC will be launched for Pokemon Sword and Shield if you have purchased the expansion pass. So the, the wait isn't as long as a lot of people thought it was going to be. A lot of people thought that we were going to be looking at a November time frame in terms of release. So it's very good that we got an early launch window for this. A lot of people are a little upset because October is already a pretty jam-packed month in the gaming industry. Um, there's also a lot more happening in November in terms of there are going to be new consoles launching next month. Way more new games launching across those new platforms. And so much more going on that I think it's actually a really smart move that the Pokemon company and Game Freak decided to put out the new DLC at the end of October instead of waiting until November when there's a jam-packed release schedule for a lot of different things. Now, it is a little less than a year after launch of Pokemon Sword and Shield, the base game release. I also think that is good. Um, and I'm hoping that means that there's a lot more content then as well to kind of hold you over a bit longer because we don't know what's happening next. And we'll get into a little bit of that next too in this podcast episode. So my first real question that I want to pose about this after looking at the trailer and seeing everything that was in it, which was it showed off a lot of returning Pokemon. It gave a little bit more of a brief description around the uh, Max Raid journey battle den thing that they're going to do. It's like kind of like an adventure they call it that i think it's called the max raid adventure um there's going to be of course story behind some of the dlc with peony and his daughter and a few other characters i'm sure and then there's the galarian all-star tournament which puts you and whoever you want to team up with against another mashup team of gym leaders and characters from the pokemon sword and shield game so it should be pretty interesting to say the least i I would expect a few little surprises here and there. I mean, they surprised us in the Isle of Armor with following Pokemon. They didn't say anything about that ahead of time. So I'm hoping there's another surprise or two in this DLC as well. So my first real question is really the same question that I posed with the Isle of Armor, which is, will it be worth it? Now, the thing with the Expansion Pass DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield is you paid the one-time $30 price and you get the DLC, both DLC packs. Um... 
in my opinion the isle of armor if it was just the isle of armor would not have been worth 30 dollars uh it's very much more like it's worth 10 dollars if that even in terms of quote-unquote dlc pricing is concerned with game the game industry the way it works now from what I have seen from the trailers and, and the information that they that they have on the website about the Crown Tundra, I do think this is going to be worth the rest of it. I do think that this is twenty to twenty-five dollars worth of DLC information. One, we already know from leaks that the map is going to be a lot bigger than the Isle of Armor, which is fantastic news for people that are like, "Well, the Isle of Armor was small and it was pretty quick." I'm one of those people, by the way. I really thought it was pretty small for a map. Uh, for the DLC and it was a very short story and everything was done pretty quickly in it So we will see really if that's gonna come to fruition, but from everything that I've seen the map is bigger um, I don't know about in terms of the number of Pokemon coming back But they are adding legendary Pokemon back as including all the original availables Yes, they're probably going to be version exclusives yet again because it's Pokemon and why wouldn't there be? Um, but all the old original legendary Pokemon are coming back. No words on mythical Pokemon um, at this point. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Um, there's also the Max Raid Adventures themselves is kind of like in a new mode to kind of participate in. A new multiplayer mode at that. Um, and there's a lot of details around that. Like you, you go in with a rental Pokemon instead of your own Pokemon, which is interesting in its own right. And then you go through this journey through this adventure through the den and you have to try to take out group like a new pokemon every like few feet or whatever in the cave it's a very weird system um but then you can switch out if you caught the pokemon you did a max raid battle against you can switch out with that one or continue to use your rental pokemon it really depends um and then at the end you encounter the legendary pokemon we don't know if they're shiny locked we don't know what their catch rate is we don't know any information at the moment so that's all gonna have to be researched and just discovered on the october 22nd release um so that's pretty cool so you have that mode you have the galarian all-star tournament which is essentially a uh computer cpu fighting version probably of uh essentially what a competitive online pokemon um battle would be especially a doubles battle so that could be interesting if you want to do that and you're not a very competitive person and you want to play in a more relaxed casual environment versus going online and going up against people that know exactly what they're doing have perfectly you know bred and trained pokemon to have the right stats that, that are needed the right abilities and everything so there's a lot there uh, and we don't know anything about the story either outside of those two new like side modes we don't know anything about the story this could be a potential 10 hour story no way to know of course until then i expect it to maybe be about the same in terms of story length i think they're really putting all their eggs in the basket with the max rate adventures the little side quest that you're going to have to do to find the new reggies too i think that that's either going to be a main story thing or it's going to be a side quest thing and that's not really part of the main story although it could be i guess um you're still gonna have to find the the galarian versions of the cantonian bird trio uh, so moltres articuno and zapdos that's gonna be its own thing as well i think there's just a lot more content here than there ever was supposed to be for the isle of armor so i do think this time around this dlc will be much more worth it if they had split them out i would say the isle of armor is probably worth five to ten dollars and the crown tundra is going to be worth 20 to 25 dollars and that will come out very very well into that nice 30 dollar uh, charge for the dlc um the other nice thing is and i think depending on what the price is because i don't think they've said yet they are releasing hard copies of pokemon sword and shield with the dlc 
expansion pass included so you don't have to buy it separately if they offer it at a cheaper price than what it would be to buy the expansion pass separately uh at that time i think that would be far more worth it of course um, because then you're getting the full base game that was already originally $60 plus a lot of the DLC. Um, and it really depends on how you want to break down the cost. Was the original base game worth $60 versus um, when it has DLC, would it be technically worth $60 and then you're still paying extra? I don't know. That's really up to you personally, but I do think the Crown Tundra is going to be worth it in the long run. Is Was this the right time? I, I kind of mentioned in terms of the release window, was this the right time? I really do think it is the right time. October isn't all that heavy in terms of uh, game releases, major game releases. There are a few here and there, but it's not really a big month. The biggest month of the year for game releases is going to be next month. Um, in terms of we have two new consoles that are launching next month in the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, plus their... Um, non-disc drive counterparts those are all launching next month um plus new games that are coming out with them including like cyberpunk and uh i believe there's a new spider-man game for the playstation that comes out on launch there's a few things like that that really kind of clog up the system in terms of there's gonna be people paying for very expensive games coming out next month and they're probably not going to want to be focused on quote-unquote old and not saying that Pokemon Sword and Shield, the new DLC, is going to make it feel old, but it's definitely a crowded launch time when people have these highly anticipated new consoles and games that they're already spending money on, where people might be pushing Pokemon to the side if they waited till November to launch. So I think this is really the perfect time window. Get it out in October, before the holidays, before the big influx of new gaming consoles and, and games is coming out next month. That way it gives everybody those like two or three weeks to get all the DLC time that they want in really before they do future events and stuff like that with uh, Sword and Shield. I think it was, I think it's a great time. I'm glad that it's in October and that we don't have to wait much longer because really the Isle of Armor felt so fast that I was craving more away, right away. And I feel like Crown Tundra is gonna be like the icing on the cake. Like it's gonna be like, this is a good way to end playing Pokemon Sword and Shield for now versus the Isle of Armor would kind of made me like, you know, I wanted more. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping we definitely get a lot more out of this. Um, I've kind of already talked about about in terms of, in, in regards to what is it gonna be worth, but really another big question, and this is a huge question that I have with the Isle of Armor, and I was really spot on with my analysis of it before it launched, which is how much content is there really gonna be in the Crown Tundra? With the Isle of Armor, I predicted it was going to be like a five-hour story. It was going to be super short. It was going to be mostly like collecting Pokemon and doing like the Diglett fetching stuff after the fact. And that was it. That was what it was. That was my prediction beforehand. And that's ended up what happening. And unfortunately, it was true. Um, I was hopeful it wouldn't be then. But I do, I have this strong feeling with the Crown Tundra, there's going to be a lot more. Maybe the story is only five hours long. But you do have, from what there are leaks of, there might be different chapters of things where, like, there's the Reggie chapter, there's an Ultra Beast story, there's a bunch of little side stories instead of there being one overarching story like there was with the Isle of Armor. And I think that adds in terms of the content. Plus, you have um, the two new major modes, really, the Galarian All-Star Tournament and the um mode the the max raid adventure mode those two things are really going to make it feel like it's got more content because those two items look like they're going to be replayable especially if you want to catch all the legendary pokemon in the max raid thing 
it's gonna be extremely replayable for at least a week or two because it's probably not going to be easy to catch the legendary pokemon in it and they they're going to make it so you keep coming back to it hopefully it's not too hard but but hopefully it's also not like you can catch them all in like an hour span because it's just so quick i don't think that'll be the case um they're also bringing back a lot of returning pokemon again including some of my favorites which is really cool so you also will have catching more pokemon um plus there's going to be like a new thing for competitive pokemon the hidden ability patch that allows you to use max soup which will require you to get max mushrooms again from the isle of armor and then make the max soup and then use this patch on any pokemon to give them their hidden ability if they have one so that's going to be a big deal um for people that are competitive players and that's going to be time consuming too because it takes a little while to gather the mushrooms and then you have to give them the soup and the soup requires i think four mushrooms or something like that maybe more i can't remember <laughs> some uh professor i am um but yeah so i think the content is going to be a lot more of the crown tundra and also if you've seen the leaked map size like how how many fly spots there are how big the map looks just from the trailers i i just think it's going to take a lot longer to get through this dlc and by a lot longer i might mean an extra day or two compared to the isle of armor because the isle of armor you could do in one day other than the diglet thing maybe um but yeah i think the content's gonna be great with this um so then already looking ahead though here's here's the thing with the crown tundra at the moment this is the end of pokemon sword and shield we don't know if they're gonna do additional dlcs yet we don't know if they're gonna do new games yet my expectation is at this point everybody keeps hoping and praying that they're going to announce something new uh, like Sinnoh remakes the gen 4 diamond and pearl remakes or a let's go series 2 of like gen 2 johto um uh, silver and gold style games with the let's go mechanics we don't really know and i really don't think they're going to say anything about it until um, Pokemon Day or around Pokemon Day in February because it's going to be the 25th anniversary. I think they've got something big up their sleeve for the 25th anniversary across all things. I think they're going to do something big with the cards as well with the, with a set with that that's going to be really popular and really sought after. Uh, I do think they're going to do something where they announce the next mainline games, whether they come out next year or the year after is really up for debate. I guess that also depends on if they announce new DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield, which I could see like a third kind of let's wrap everything up with a little dlc that kind of gives you a little bit more adventure but similar to the size of the isle of armor but really just like a a final backdrop to the sword and shield games um as the welcome to nintendo switch um then like i said i think they'll announce new games and then i also have this weird feeling and it's more maybe this part is more hopeful for me than anything that um looking at the third party sales market during the pandemic for older pokemon games on the ds so we're looking back at diamond and pearl platinum we're looking back at um heart gold soul silver especially white black and white black and white 2 all of those games have gone up way in price on the secondhand market because they're highly sought after in this global pandemic where people are playing more games and being inside more and not having as much to do outside the games like heart gold and soul silver can go upwards of a hundred dollars now where they you know they sold for like 40 originally and from what i was told 
um, from a game retailer is that Heart Gold and Soul Silver they weren't anticipating a lot of sales for it, so they didn't make as many cartridges. They only did like one wave of printing cartridges. So those games are starting to, um, if the cartridges get destroyed, that's less um, working copies that are out there in the world. And really, the only other place to the illegally <laughs> emulate them or whatever you want to do. Um, so there's less ways to play those games. I really think similar to what they did with the Nintendo 3DS, which by the way, they have announced they're no longer making Nintendo 3DSs. Um, they did the virtual console where you could play red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, crystal on the virtual console on Nintendo 3DS. So for $10, you could get red, $10, blue, whatever. You get an old game that would work on your 3DS and you could actually transfer Pokemon out of using the Pokemon Bank app and the Poke Transporter app. Um, which you could at this point bring them into Pokemon Home with the Pokemon Bank to Home transfer, which is really cool. I think I could see them doing something similar, like a virtual console thing for like Nintendo DS, Nintendo 3DS, and bring over the Nintendo 3DS games that you're not going to be able to get anymore, or at least the Nintendo DS games. Maybe not the 3DS yet, because maybe they're still like, we can still make money on these, even though we're not printing new copies, but I could see them doing Gen 4, uh, games and maybe even Gen 5 games on the Nintendo Switch because you can't buy them digitally. You can buy X and Y digitally on the um, 3DS. You can buy Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire all digitally on the 3DS. But the games that you can only get the hard copies of, like you like at the time that they brought out the virtual console, you could only get hard copies of red, blue, and yellow. You couldn't get a digital copy on your official systems without doing some kind of crazy hacking. Um, I think they do that with the Nintendo Switch. I think they bring Heart Gold and Soul Silver, maybe Diamond and Pearl and Platinum, to like for like twenty dollars each or something, or ten dollars, fifteen dollars each, whatever they want to charge, because they can they'll make money on it no matter what. They just do a simple port to the Nintendo Switch. And yes, I know there's the whole two screen issue. Like, where will they put the bottom touch screen that you had on the DS and on the 3DS? I'm sure they'll figure that out um, because it's probably not going to be like a perfect you get the full screen use for the game anyways. So they might just work out to have this touch screen on the side and you have like a little screen of the Nintendo Switch, but playing Platinum or Heart Gold and Soul Silver on a, a big screen would just be absolutely mind blowing to have with the Nintendo Switch and have it be official and be able to use like Pokemon Home to transfer in and out of. I really think that's something they could do and it's really something that I hope they do as a part of the celebration of the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. That'd be really, really the highlight, the icing on the cake of everything. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can we can see that kind of stuff happen. So outside outside of those things, outside of what's next, looking back at the trailer from last week, one of the other announcements that they had was not specifically Pokemon Sword and Shield related, but Pokemon Go and Pokemon Home related, which was the news that by the end of 2020, within the next three months, that means, we will have the integration between Pokemon Go and Pokemon Home where we can transfer Pokemon out of Pokemon Go and into Pokemon Home. There wasn't much more details given besides that, other than you can activate the Meltan event like you could by transferring from Go to Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Um, similar to that, you can activate it in Pokemon Go if you transfer a Pokemon from Go to Home. Um, and then you can also, when you do that, you get a special Gigantamax Mel Metal uh, as a gift in the Pokemon Home app, which is, you know, that's really cool. People have been waiting for that because they leaked it and everything. Really nice addition to that announcement. But then after that, after the video came out, some support articles were already posted on the Pokemon Go site. 
and the big thing that came out is you may apparently have to pay to decrease the cooldown time between transferring Pokemon out of Pokemon Go to Pokemon Home. And by pay, I mean use the in-game currency of Pokecoins, which for the most part cost real money unless you go out and really grind and earn them through gyms and the daily rewards and things like that in the Pokemon Go app. I really think that's disappointing um, because we're already playing, paying for the Pokemon Home service. We've already paid for the games. We're already paying for Nintendo Switch Online. And now they want to make us pay to transfer Pokemon out of Pokemon Go into home more frequently. It really shouldn't be restricted like that. It's really just another money grab minded, probably by Niantic to get something out of the, the agreement to transfer from Go to home. They need to get their money somehow besides having their original agreement with the Pokemon company and Game Freak, I'm sure. So I'm sure that's why there's gonna be some kind of charge for it. And maybe they wanna decrease traffic of it or whatever as well, but it's really disappointing because we already paid for so much for Pokemon. Pokemon is already the wealthiest franchise in the world. And they already charge us for so much more stuff. Like it can cost thousands of dollars to complete and a, a full um, living Pokedex in Pokemon Home because of all the games that you would have to buy, the services that you have to pay monthly for or yearly for just to get access to and and it's just a lot i really hope that they they back off that and change their mindset on that because pokemon go in my opinion has done a lot lately to make it not want to be played by me uh, in terms of charging money for things non-stop including remote raid battles and and events to get specific pokemon and and whatnot like it's just really sad that it's become a pay-to-play game for the most part really sad um you know whatever it that's that state uh, it's good announcement i'm glad the integration is coming because they mentioned the integration when pokemon home was first announced a year and a half ago really looking forward to see what it actually looks like in the end it'll be cool if the other concern i have is um for example with pokemon let's go pikachu and pokemon go you couldn't transfer mew out of pokemon go to pokemon let's go pikachu and eevee because it was a mythical pokemon they didn't allow that my concern for this would be that they don't allow us to bring over our other mythical Pokemon for Pokemon Go. Certain mythical Pokemon that you can only get through Pokemon Go now, and you can't get through any other way in the Pokemon main games at the moment, because the only time you could get them was from limited time events that have since long passed. Examples of this would be Genesec, Victini, um, Zerorora, which yes, they did a recent one where you got a shiny one, but I don't even have an original Zerorora. And at some point, I'm sure they'll bring it to Pokemon Go. It's not in there yet, but I do have a Victini. I do have a Genensec. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, Jirachi is another one that you can't get um, through any other ways. Um, yes, you can get Celebi from the virtual console version of uh, Crystal on the 3DS, which I did do, but I also have one of Pokemon Go that I, I don't use these Pokemon in Pokemon Go because they're not particularly strong, and I'm not going to spend all the resources that I have in game to make them stronger for no real purpose. I'd rather transfer them out and put them in home and have them as a part of my living Pokedex and be able to use them in the games if I want to, just to have their whatever, do video content about whatever, you know? Um, so it'd be really disappointing if they go down the route of not allowing that to happen. But again, we don't know yet. We don't know very many details about this until it probably happens because they've been terrible about that lately. <sighs> oh, geez. So outside of that, the other real announcement that they had in that video was that they were giving away 
uh, the various partner cap Pikachus that they gave away in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon at one point. So Pikachu is wearing Ash's hat from the anime, from the show, um, from all the different regions, all the different hats that he's worn throughout. Uh, they gave away the original one last week, and then the, I believe the Johto and then Hoenn cap is now available as well. So the Gen 2 and Gen 3 hat Pikachus are also available. I thought it was really cool that they brought that back because again, it was an event that I missed in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon because I didn't play at launch or throughout the time that it was really the game out. I didn't get it till I believe after Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee came out. So that was really cool that they brought it back from an event that I had missed. Um, but that's the only distribution right now. There's still so many different distributions that they haven't announced yet or that they haven't done yet. Like, when are we gonna get the mythical Pokemon Zerud? Um, the movie has been a set for a release date here in the United States yet, where in Japan, if you know somebody's got the movie ticket, you can get the code and get Zerud if you want. Um, but you're probably gonna have to pay for it, <laughs> no matter what. Um, so that hasn't been announced. They haven't done any other like mythical or legendary Pokemon that you haven't been able to get until now, except for Zeraoro, the shiny one, which is cool and all. But again, I don't even have an original. Like, give me, give me a chance to get the mythical Pokemon that I couldn't get on the DS games because I wasn't there for it. We need more distributions to kind of keep it lively. The Max raid events or the wild area events that happen every month are very lackluster at this point. Like, let's let's make available more Pokemon that have been available since day one and nothing else special about them. And then throw in one surprise weekend throughout the month where you get a shiny Pokemon chance that's like very low and you're probably not going to get it unless you really play it over and over throughout the weekend, blah, blah, blah. That's how it goes. Please make better events in Pokemon distributions and Pokemon Sword Shield, please. I think Crown Tundra would be really cool. I hope they do a special... Uh, a special thing like they did with the Chinese Aurora. I hope they do a lot more. I think Crown Tundra is going to be really awesome when it comes out on the 22nd. I will be covering it on my YouTube channel, Professor Squatch, of course. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at the Squatch TV, and I will probably even try to stream it at some point once I get my Twitch channel set up to do that kind of stuff. I think that's it for now. I think I've talked about everything I want to talk about. Let me know your thoughts, um, you know, through my Twitter or whatever means you have to communicate with me. I'd love to talk about this in more detail with you guys. Again, Crown Tundra launches on October 22nd, 2020 with the expansion pass for Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is $30, or you can wait until November 7th or 6th, one of those two days, where they are launching the hard copies of Pokemon Sword and Shield with the expansion pass already included. Um, you can pre-order those as well on their website right now if you are curious with that. So thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Live from the Pokemon Lab. Until next time, trainers. This is Professor Squatch.